William Nevins, Part 10, Life on the Edge of Eternity Yesterday we read of the sudden death of Louisa Key, the 18-year-old sister of William's wife. Cut down by disease with hardly a warning, she left for Louisiana only to find a grave. Our ancestors were much more conscious of the uncertainty of life than we are. Death had struck often in William's family, and it caused him to think more about how close eternity always is. The COVID crisis has given us just a taste of what he lived on a daily basis. Today, Nevins takes time to meditate on the distance of death and the effects that knowledge should have on the way we live. He explains that death is not simply an end point, a cliff, that we all approach at the end of life. It is a precipice along which we walk every moment. Those infrequent near accidents, those rare acute illnesses, they often awake this awaken this sensation within us. But every moment of every day, from birth until old age, our feet never leave the path that winds along the edge of the deepest and darkest of all Grand Canyons. His essay is called The Distance of Death. How far from any human being is death? This isn't the same as asking when he will actually die. That may not be for years to come. But all that time, how far off is death from him? Not far, only a step. There is but a step between me and death, said David, when his life was in danger from King Saul. Death is always the same distance from every one of us, although not everyone dies at the same age. Some live to extreme old age. Death is as close to children and young people as it is to adults and the elderly. The facts prove this every day. From no point or period of life is death ever further away than the distance of a step. When David spoke of being just a step from death, he said it in a moment of panic, but he might have said it in his calmest hour. It is a sober reality. It is a plain matter of fact that everyone who lives, lives at precisely this little distance from death and no more. David said these words because of a specific danger, but there are a thousand dangers threatening every one of us, any one of which could justify the language. We sometimes feel like we are nearer to death than at other times, and we actually are sometimes closer to dying. Every hour brings us nearer to dying, but not nearer to death, for that is never more than a step off. That is always close at our side, our companion through life. The whole course of life is in the closest proximity to death. We are not merely approaching a brink over which someday we will plunge, but we are all the time traveling on that brink. We are not journeying toward a precipice which may be more or less distant from us, but our whole way winds along the frightful edge of the precipice. Our danger doesn't begin just before we actually die, but it is with us all the way through life. It is true some escape it for a long time, but there is not a point in the path which has not been so dangerous as to prove fatal to some travelers. This is what makes our situation in life so fearful, this perpetual insecurity, this ever-present and imminent peril. It isn't the certainty of death that is so very appalling to the soul. It is the uncertainty of the time. It is not that we must die some day, but that we might die any day. It is the thought of being always so close to that great evil, always immediately adjacent to the judgment, always close to the borders of eternity. This hour we are with men, the next we are with God. Today we are candidates for immortality, Tomorrow we are its members. Today we are on trial for eternity. Tomorrow 
we are tried, and the case is decided irreversibly and forever. On earth today, tomorrow in heaven, or in hell. I do not think the fearfulness of man's condition in light of these considerations is capable of being overstated. If the change waiting for us were gradually brought about, it would not be so frightful. If one by one the mysterious ties to life were cut, and one by one the objects of earth faded from our view, and the new sights of eternity were slowly unfolded to our vision, then dying would not constitute so formidable a prospect as it now does. But the fact is, the change is as sudden as it is great. The familiar scenes of the one world all vanish at once, and the unimagined realities of the other all at once burst on the beholder. When God says that our time is up, we will comply immediately, and the way is but a step. Every one, when asked what his life is, answers in similar language. It is a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. The frequent, sudden departure into the grave and the eternal world of persons of all ages and of every condition of body shows that between them and death there was but a step. So then death is but a step off, and we cannot move him farther from us. He will keep just at that distance, though he may maintain it for years. Death will always be threatening us, his deadly weapon always lifted over us, though he cannot strike until the word is given him from another. Is it so? Is death but a step removed, so close as that? Then, if there is anything in death which requires preparation, and is there not? How important that from the moment we begin to realize this, should preparations be made. So that we may be always prepared for that which is ever so close, always in full armor to meet an enemy always at hand. How absurd to put off preparation from death, when we cannot put off death itself. Listener, are you prepared to die? You have considered less important questions than this. Are you ready to take the step which separates you from all that is final and formidable in death? Will you not seriously begin to faithfully answer this question? But if death is so near, there are other things even more formidable than death which cannot be far off. Judgment is close, if death is. Yes, the judge stands before the door. How close to every accountable person is the place and time of his final reckoning? Tomorrow you may have to answer for the deeds of today, or today of yesterday's. How many accounts are closed every day? How many cases decided daily at that highest of all courts? Retribution comes immediately after judgment. That also is but the distance of a step. Now, if that retribution were temporary and subject to change, the thought would be alarming. But it is eternal and irreversible. Oh, then, if these things are so, how close to some of us is eternal punishment? They so carelessly walk on the edge of that dark and bottomless pit. What a risk they run. The prize ought to be great which is sought at such a peril. So close to hell. What a position to occupy. But if the sinner will repent, and behold the Lamb of God, and yield his heart to the Lord, then he will be as close to heaven. There shall be but a step between him and it. Some are as close as all that to heaven. It is not a day's journey there. It is but to take a step. And follower of Jesus, you are where no night is, and no sound of moaning is heard, and every tear is wiped away. So close to heaven. How frequent, then, and fond should be your thoughts of it, all so close. Then, 
What manner of persons should we be in all holy conduct and godliness? How carefully and circumspectly should they too walk, whose path lies along such a brink? And since the end of all our opportunities is as close as death, whatever our minds think about or our hands find to do, for our own souls, for the good of others, or for the glory of God, let us do it with all our might. The End of William Nevins, Part 10 Life on the Edge of Eternity Thank you.